0: Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human podcast. This is episode 188, and I sat down in Nashville, Tennessee, with Lanny West. He is uh, a man who has been on a journey for sure. He's former music director, record promoter. Uh, I would call him a rainmaker. He uh, had a huge hand in many stars' careers. He battled drug addiction, alcoholism, an abusive childhood. Uh, He's endured a lot, to be true. And now he's the president of Tipping Point Artist Wellness. He's an integrative wellness coach. He's a farmer and a beekeeper. And he's got a story to tell, for sure. I really enjoyed this conversation a great deal. Uh, I have a lot of information on the links page on heyhumanpodcast.com about... Uh, what he's up to and stuff we've talked about in this episode so usual stuff Uh, firstly I want to say happy holidays to everyone and for those of you that aren't celebrating I send you love and joy and all the good stuff it's a tough time of year and I know that it's hard on a lot of people it's joyful for a lot of people And you know what? We're all just trying to survive. So big love to everyone. And I hope wherever you are and whatever you celebrate or don't, um, you have, you're doing okay. And, and uh, well, just know that I'm out here thinking of you. So um, social media stuff, Hey Human podcast on Instagram and Facebook, you can email me at Susan. Uh, at heyhumanpodcast.com. Super easy there. Again, there's a links page on heyhumanpodcast.com for you to check out. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. Uh, if you want to know more about me, you can find my social media at Susan Ruthism on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And you can learn more about me also at susanruth.com. S U S A N R U T H com, So definitely check that out. I have music and art and all these other things I do with Second City, lots of fun stuff. So yeah, uh, enough of all that stuff. I hope everybody out there listening is hanging on. All right, <laughs> let's get into this. Thank you. And uh, here we go. Lanny, thank you for being on Hey Human Podcast.
1: Well, I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, This is the first first podcast I've ever been asked to do.
0: Well, I'm happy that I am the first person on the list. We're good. <laughs> um, so I met you during a mental health forum, and uh, it was really interesting. You caught my attention because, obviously, you have this long history we can talk about in the music industry and then restauranting and all that kind of stuff, but it was your stuff about health and sobriety and all that that really piqued my interest. Okay. So let's start kind of backwards, more at the beginning. Yeah,
1: you, how you far know. back?
0: Uh, as far back as you want to go, really. Wow. The things that started to shape you as a person.
1: Well, I, I, you know, <clears throat> I've had a lot of time to reflect back on my life and kind of where it was going. So <clears throat> I had a horrible childhood. Uh, my mother was married multiple times. Never, I never knew my real father. <clears throat> um, I, I do know that he was in the military, but he was a, a pretty. He was a, he was a drunk and he was an abuser, uh, a cheater, and so you yeah,
0: didn't know him because she didn't know she him.
1: divorced him. She did okay. So we so the story that she gave me is that we were in Japan. He was a lieutenant colonel in the Korean War, and we were in Japan, and she was pregnant with my brother, and I was two. And she caught him in bed with a Japanese girl, mm. and so that ended that. But but even before that, he was very abusive, and, the, and from what I understand, the military does not put up with that. And I think like he got uh, discharged, was something. But he, you know, from the articles that I read, um, he was one of the officers that was involved in <clears throat> um, in uh, rescuing people from Auschwitz. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess Gosh, I. Gosh, that's
0: darkness, huh?
1: I guess I could dig deeper, but I really, quite frankly, don't want to know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then she she married an attorney that was an alcoholic and very abusive, almost killed us.
0: Did she have an abusive I, father? That she. You know,
1: I don't know anything about her family. She was born in Austria. Oh. So she was Austrian. My father, Irish. And, um, so I, I didn't know any of my relatives Uh, and I've never been to Austria, which uh, I guess I should try to go there sometime, but again, I don't know that it matters really. So, um, uh, I don't know what her upbringing was all about. Uh, but I do know that, that, you know, the sins of the father kind of follow down, down the pike away. So
0: did she, so she married the second man was also abusive. Did she try and. Stand between <clears throat> him and you, kids, or did he? She, you are brothers she, and sisters?
1: You know, my my mother provided for us, and but she was very society. She came to the U.S. to be a model. She's an absolutely stunning woman. Um, and so she married in order to stay in a certain class or bracket,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> um, while uh, under the guise of providing for us. So. There was not a lot, there was not much nurturing that went on in our household. But, Where
0: were you in the birth order? Where are you in the birth uh,
1: order? I'm, a, I'm the oldest, of uh, me and my brother, but then um, after this attorney, then she married a doctor who had two boys. So there was an older stepbrother than me, and then uh, another stepbrother and my real brother were the same age, and then the two of them had a son who's my half-brother.
0: Now, was the doctor abusive?
1: Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Well, he was, he was not so much physically abusive. He was uh, emotionally abusive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there, there, was, there was really no compassion or love in our house. And I, and I think that some of the things that happened to me uh, during all of that time period were my search for trying to figure out what love was all about. So I followed in the footsteps of my father and my mother. Um, I started drinking at age 13. Um, By age 15, I was uh, having sex with my high school sweetheart, who I ended up getting pregnant and had to marry. But I was uh, in one relationship out of another and uh, married multiple times.
0: How many times? Uh, Six. That is a lot. It is.
1: It is. Good for um, <laughs> you for
0: not giving up, though. You keep trying.
1: <laughs> well, I, I guess it practice. Okay, you get it, back in there. <laughs> um, you know. And, were you um, abusive to others? I would have to say that I probably i had an uh, i had a good temper. Yeah. And and it would come out every now and again. There, Did
0: you have a self realization when that would happen that you were
1: um, mirroring what you had
0: learned as a kid?
1: I don't. I I don't think I knew where it came from. Mm. You know that. Um, uh, but, but now I know that it just, um, just how I grew up and, and what I saw and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, my, my, it was nothing for my, uh, I mean, we got whippings all the time. When I, when I talk about whippings, um, we're talking about beatings with a belt and my, uh, two, two favorite implements for my mother a three was, was the back of her hand. Was the first uh, wooden spoons; those were big, and then belts. Mm. Um, and we were we were forced to lay down on the bed and get beat until she just got tired of beating. And then I think the first time that I really realized my anger was was uh, I, I lashed out at her, and I'm not proud of it, but um, uh, I just I got to a point where it, it just didn't matter, and I didn't cry. And I just, I got up and just shoved her against the wall and I said, if you ever do that to me again, I'll kill you. And, uh, of course, when my stepfather got home that night, he beat the living crap out of me again. So, <clears throat> Did um, your
0: mom ever hit you again?
1: Uh, she did not. Um, so, but shortly thereafter, I ran away from home. So I, I left home at age 16, 17.
0: Did you take your girlfriend with you that you had? No,
1: you know... I did not.
0: So you got married well, to
1: her, but <clears throat> so uh, we didn't get married until we uh, I was nineteen. Oh, okay. So I left home and moved to Atlanta. I lived in a little town called West Point, Georgia, Cuthbert, Georgia, then West Point, Georgia, and um, and then I tried. I decided to make amends and come back home, and I was gonna try to do the right thing and and go to college and. All that kind of stuff. And then I started seeing this girl again, and uh, I was going to marry her, and that was not looked upon very, very good at all. And because you
0: were young or because of the girl? Or? I think it was
1: uh, just a combination of yeah. all of it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then and then I, I think I was trying to please my stepfather. It was always trying to please. His name was George. He was a doctor, and the, his patients loved him. Uh, The sun rose and and, uh, set in my stepfather. But at home, he was a bastard. And so...
0: It is amazing to me. I hear so many stories of that where in in the public, the persona is this shining ray of light. And mm -hmm. then at home, it's this dark demon. It is. It's amazing to me that people can turn on that dime, but you see it so much...
1: Well, I think I think looking back, I'd rather get beat than the emotional uh, depravity that was going on. Why is that? Uh, um, it hurts less, but you know, as you I, I, as you get going down the line, the emotional part of it sticks with you uh, more than the, uh, the the bruises and cuts and so forth. Um, so I decided to tell. I was going to tell my mother. <coughs> called her upstairs. I was crying, and I said. Uh, I'm not going to get married. I want to go to school, you know, et cetera. And so we went downstairs and my stepfather was in bed and and she brought me downstairs to tell him what was going on. And he just, he, uh, he was pretty brutal about it. He said, I don't really give a shit. I'm not your money, man. And, uh, and that was that. So I was not going to go to school and I, and, and, For the second time, I realized this anger coming out, and I went upstairs and got my shotgun, and I came downstairs with the intention of killing him. And my mother stopped me. Now that I reflect back on it, God stopped me through her. And um, so then I left, and uh, I ended up going to work in radio. Uh, Actually, when I was in high school, I had a radio show. But I went to... um, a town called um, LaGrange, Georgia, and paid for my own way through school, and I went through three quarters of college and realized that studying uh, math and um, Shakespeare was not gonna get me a career in radio, and I was passionate about music. I played every brass instrument in the high school band, um, played keyboards, was in a little garage band, so music was my passion. Mm Um, So from there, I moved to Columbus, Georgia, and then my high school sweetheart and I reconnected. And she got pregnant, and uh, I guess I did the right thing by getting married. And we lived in squalor. I was making, oh, let's say I was making $75 a week in an apartment that cost $75 a month. And we couldn't afford maternity clothes, so she had to wear my jeans and shirt and we ate pork and beans and cornbread, <clears throat> and so it was it was a very very tough time. And then after this, my son was born, then we divorced, we split, and I didn't see him again until later, till he was almost 19 years old. And that's a whole nother. So she
0: took him away and right. went. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, so then I I continued pursuing all of that, but uh, the thing that. I guess maybe I was hiding and didn't realize I was hiding, but I started drinking at age 13. <clears throat> stole a bottle of whiskey out of my parents' deal. And, um, and then as I moved to Montgomery, Alabama, was in radio, um, was a, a well-known music director, uh, was responsible for the careers of a lot of artists, even in a s- small town like Montgomery. And uh, the drinking, uh, uh, added in drugs.
0: Which, of course, was lifted up by the music industry because that was such cocaine a...
1: Cocaine was the... It was...
0: It, it was and is. It's still,
1: yeah, well, I think
0: pretty prevalent.
1: <clears throat> I mean, I lost four years of my life doing cocaine mm. and drinking. <clears throat> um, uh, doing cocaine daily and then coming home and taking NyQuil or smoking pot to go to sleep and then to get back up again. And... Um, And then battling with doing it or not doing it. And I'd throw it out the window in my car and and cry because I couldn't breathe. And my sinuses were just like, Mm. uh, just in horrible shape. And then I'd get up the next morning and go dig through the bushes and and, uh, uh, try to find it again. So this went on for a while um, until... I guess one of one of the relationships that I had, which was the shortest marriage I had, um, we were, I mean this, it was a cocaine relationship, and we just decided came to the decision that we were going to stop doing it because it just wasn't wasn't healthy and our path was not good. So I remember it was like one o'clock in the morning and she got a phone call and it was this guy that she used to go to school with, and he needed a place to stay for the night. And I said, okay, he can come over, but there cannot be any drugs. Cause this guy was the drug dealer at Montevallo college where she went. <clears throat> and so sure enough, he got there and I heard him doing drugs, you know, in the living room. And, um, I got up and, uh went out with a pistol and, uh, Basically, gave him three choices, and he ch- he chose the right choice. And then I, I scared myself so badly, I went and sold the gun the next day. But but um, then I stopped doing it for a while. She and I got divorced, and uh, you stopped
0: doing the cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. What about drinking?
1: Oh no, that didn't stop.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I think the, um, I probably did cocaine. Several more times, but it wasn't like that i was I was pretty addicted to it, but somehow I just said, "I'm not going to do it anymore, and I didn't have to go to any kind of counseling or any of that kind of stuff or rehab. <clears throat> um, but the drinking continued mm-hmm. and and it was masking something, hiding something and i and I wasn't the kind of person that was going to go to uh, to counseling. Because I felt like the people that were doing the counseling were as messed up as I was. And how in the world can they guide me through this path? I'll figure it out on my own. Um, then I ended up getting married again. We moved to Atlanta. I was in, got out of radio and was in the bar restaurant business. And I did that for <clears throat> uh, probably 20 years. How
0: would you meet your third wife?
1: <clears throat> Let's see. Third. Hold on. Let me, let me figure this out. There was Dale. There was Shelley. Dockery, Diane, Kathy. Yeah, so Kathy was the one. The, number
0: three.
1: No, she was number five.
0: Number five.
1: <laughs> um, she was a waitress at a, at a uh, country western bar. And I was single at the time. So it just kind of went from there. And then we ended up getting married and she moved to Atlanta with me. And I was the head of development for um, nightclub a company that owned nightclubs, and um, and then she and I moved to Houston, where I became brand manager. I was on the road for two years at a, uh, at, at one time opening nightclubs.
0: Did you stay faithful? Uh, no, no, I did okay. not. So you were? Do you had other compulsions besides alcohol? Oh yes,
1: yeah. Well, so alcohol, sex, I, I would, it was an addiction for sure, um, and.
0: I think it's interesting because a lot of people think that when somebody cheats, for example, that it's about the relationship, but it's really not about that at all it's about how the person feels about themselves right. or a lack of feeling they're trying to fill up that feeling they're missing you know well
1: I think i was I think I was struggling to figure out what love and affection really meant, and I guess for me <clears throat> the the uh, the challenge of, uh, conquest and getting, you know, in bed with, with somebody that I may not even know. I mean, there's, there's nights where it doesn't even all come together. There's nights, I don't even remember how I drove home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, that was a, that was a battle and a struggle. Um, and, and yet I never considered myself an alcoholic. Why is that? Um, uh, because, <clears throat> well, I guess I, I guess I was a functioning alcoholic because, but I would really never drink until afternoon, uh, and at night. And being in the nightclub business, it was easy easy uh, to do.
0: Plus, it sounds like you were successful the whole time.
1: Um, so, somehow, I was. Um, so, you know, when
0: you're being successful, I think there's that voice in in your head that's saying, "Oh, you got this." We right. can
1: do this <laughs> and, I, and gosh, maybe maybe I was trying to get caught. I, I don't know, but um, so the so that just continued um, until the uh, um, the last the marriage uh, with with Cathy was uh, came to an end uh, in a really uh, kind of tragic way.
0: Uh-oh.
1: So the son that I told you that I had. Uh, by my first marriage, somehow he surfaced back into my life. Um, he, he got in touch with me somehow and I found that he had a horrible childhood. So here we go. The sins of the father continue. He drank a lot. He was 19 years old. He was not living with his mother. He was living with some friends. And my compassionate heart just said, you know, I, I need to go meet this kid. And after driving uh, down and meeting him, I felt like that what he needed was a family and a home environment, and that would help him. So, you know, I, I called Kathy, and and she was pretty gracious about it because we had three children at the time, mm. <clears throat> um, who uh, continue the sins of the father all the way down. So I think it, I think all the it kids? goes. Oh, all three of my children, which I don't have a relationship with, uh, but uh, two of them are alcoholics. One's an alcoholic and a drug addict, and the other one's a thief. Mm. Um, so, uh, so I think it's I think it goes four generations, is what, I think what, that's the, what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so the so I gave this kid the opportunity to come live with us, and we set up the basement for him to to live there, <laughs> um, and of course. You know, I was still drinking, and she drank, and I was traveling, and that sort of thing. And um, I got a job offer to move to California to get back in the music business and be the general manager for a music publication. Mm. And so we were going to move, and I don't know what prompted me to go through his drawers. I was looking for pot or something. I just want to make sure he wasn't doing drugs. But I happened to find uh, three letters— that were communication between him and my wife. Kathy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And some of her underwear in his drawer. Oh. Uh, and it was pretty explicit explicit letter.
0: Whoa.
1: Letters. Wait, hold
0: on. <laughs> You're saying that there was, like, love letters between Kathy yes. and your son. Yes. Holy Toledo.
1: Well, not just love letters. They were having sex. Oh, my God. And um, my oldest son at the time, I think he was... Maybe seven. Uh,
0: Your oldest son with Kathy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah.
1: Seven, I think. Six or seven. But um, prior to me finding these letters, he had made a comment to me that that uh, that Jason, my first son, uh, was s- scared of lightning just like they were and storms, and that he would get in bed with mom when it stormed and so forth. And that didn't really register to me until this happened, but. Um, it was it was a it was a horrible afternoon um, That
0: must have been devastating. probably
1: if I could if I could have physically gotten him it probably I would be in jail mm. right now
0: mm-hmm.
1: so anyway so I did some things I should not have done and that I'm not very proud of and uh, and I made her go get my children out of school and I at six or seven years old my oldest son then my daughter and my youngest son was still in the crib but I Sat them down and told them explicitly what their mother was doing. Whoa. And uh, it was, again, I'm not proud of what yeah. I did there, but it was that anger. Were
0: you drunk or just
1: just No, I, don't, <laughs> no I was just mad. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those times where I kind of blacked out and didn't even know what I was doing.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, was, the, ang- the anger was just so bad.
0: What was uh, Kathy and Jason's response when you confronted them?
1: Uh, they were shocked that I had found it. Jason... Uh, ran Uh, I made her take all of his belongings uh, out of the house by herself
0: Mm. and put
1: it all on the street Mm. so anyway so she ended up calling her sister and they came up from Montgomery and got her and the kids and they left and I ended up moving on out to California without them and we ended up getting a divorce And and I tried my best to make it to make amends with it, um, putting the blame on myself that this had all happened, and yet I didn't see her taking any of the blame for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a relationship with uh, with my kids for a short period of time, and then I met Leslie. Uh, now Leslie and I, <coughs> um, the uh, our first meeting, and, and so my story with Leslie. Is about an hour and fifteen minutes long. Leslie's is seven minutes, and she begs me not to tell the long story, so I won't, I won't do that today.
0: <laughs> okay, Leslie is your current wife.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but while I was in California, I continued with drinking. Uh, I mean, and, and then and then I succumbed to the Hollywood lifestyle and just became, uh, grew my hair out. It, it, you know, I'm how old the heck was I? Thirty. I was in my mid thirties. All of my, this grew my hair you're, you're out. You're
0: just into the mid thirties. Was
1: Hollywood? It was just. I was living in a house, a ranch style house, five bedroom, movie theater in the basement, and wow. it was just me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so
0: must have been a big music publication.
1: Uh, it was indeed. Um. Anyway, so I had I had met Leslie some years back when I was in the club business, and uh, it was not a good meeting. She she didn't like me and I didn't like her and it was a business meeting um, and she was one of the most gracious. I've never had anybody tell me that I was an a... without calling me an asshole to tell me I was an asshole without saying it. But she was so gracious about it. I was just going, what did that just happen? Um, anyway, so it, so we reconnected and
0: <laughs> oh. Bo's having a dream. He is. <laughs> Bo, are you dreaming?
1: He, he's doing something down there.
0: <laughs> Here you <up>, buddy.
1: <laughs> he's having my nightmares. He chasing doing.
0: squirrels. Uh,
1: but you know that the, the, the um, so I ended up moving back to Atlanta and Leslie and I started a relationship, uh, and it was absolutely glorious. It, she was a she was the first woman. Not that I wasn't attracted to her, but she was the first woman that my first inclination was not to get in bed. I mean that was my goal. Was meet a woman, figure out how quickly I could get in the sack with him. Uh but there was something different about her. She man, she just she was smart and somebody that I could have a conversation with that was not shallow. Mm. You know. Um and our relationship grew and I she was working in radio and I knew all of the people in the record business because i had been in radio for a long time myself um but i came back to atlanta and continued in the bar business drinking still and she never said anything to me about it until our relationship till we got married jack daniels was one of my favorites and i think they put something in uh, in jack daniels that makes the angry maker well, it disconnects my tongue from my brain. Yeah, the people that. that I know
0: that like the brown liquor—they, if they drink too much of it, yeah. it, it loosens something dark.
1: It's, uh, yeah, I, I'm—I have several uh, instances that are quite embarrassing, but mm-hmm. I continued to—I continued to, uh, continue to uh, only—I I had a certain time period. Unless I was on vacation, I would drink, you know, until a certain time. But then I got to the point where I was, I was able to function. I mean, I could drink eight, ten beers and do a shot of tequila and Jack Daniels and, and function. Yeah, but I probably was blasted. I'm sure I was blasted drunk, but um, the drugs stopped. Um, Leslie was tried to encourage me to cut back. You have such a nice personality when you're not drinking, and it changes when you drink. And I go, oh, you're, you're full of it. Um,
0: did any part of it ring true to you though? Or were you just I, in denial? So I much? think I was in denial. Yeah. P- pretty much. Yeah.
1: Um, and then, um, let's see here. The, um, our relationship grew. i i started a management company and gravitated out of the club business. And, um, and then she and I got married and, uh, Man, what what a relationship! She is she's just an amazing human being, and she helped make a lot of changes in me. But the drinking part of it wasn't going to change right away. Um, Fortunately, I did not have a major tragedy or something that happened that caused it to change. Um, I had an illness that we still don't know what caused it in two thousand three. and they had to go in and remove 25% of my liver. Now, there was no cirrhosis. Uh, it, my liver was abscessed. They still, again, they still have no idea what caused it.
0: So basically you had an infection. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah. And so so as as I stopped drinking for two years because I had to, uh, that was the only way that my liver was going to have any opportunity to, to heal. So, Was
0: that hard to do?
1: Um, sort of, um, but I would say, I would say that I have the, the ability to shut things off if I want to. Um, two years went by, started again, have a glass of wine. I cut out the brown liquors, um, at Leslie's request, but <laughs> then it, then it got to the point where I was having, um, uh, I w- I like to drink martinis. So I would have a martini. Uh, or I would have a couple of vodka sodas, but my vodka soda was, I would have two, but it would end up being six, as much liquor as I poured in.
0: I and like then I would have one. martini too.
1: <laughs> um, but if I was going to drink, if I was going to have a glass of wine, it was going to be a bottle or two bottles of wine.
0: In a sitting?
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and...
0: Now I'm curious, did you, as a person who was basically sober for two years and then you started drinking again... Was this that slow progression then, or was your body going? Whoa! Remember how good we felt, and now suddenly you're doing this to us, or was there no acknowledgement? I don't
1: think there was. I don't think my body made any kind of acknowledgement. No. I, I think more, more it, uh, mentally, it, I was going, "Wow, fantastic! I'm back. At, ah. I'm back at full steam." Yeah. Um. So, uh. So I. Doing management, and when we moved, we moved from Atlanta to New York. We were there for three years, and then we moved from New York to Nashville in 2011. And I was going to get out of management and do something else. And I found this amazing artist that I just said I'm going to give this one more one more shot. (laughs) Um, And during, uh, (laughs) my brain is kind of all over the place here right this minute, but. One of the aspects of my life, and my wife likes to tell me, is that I need to stop taking in strays, um, because I, I, I guess I have this this heart that allows me to to do things for people. But we had a Jamaica bartender, Jamaican bartender, live with us uh, for a while. I've had uh, several musicians that have lived with us, and
0: it's much easier to save other people when you're not ready yet to save yourself.
1: You know that that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. Um, and this last, this last person that I was managing, um, we're still very, very close friends today. But he was in a negative space, and it just started magnifying my negative space, and um, and it just came to came to this head, and I just basically fired him, or fired myself, mm-hmm. and came to the realization that. I had no earthly idea who I was. Over all of these years, I was searching for something. I was searching for how to be loved. I was trying to figure out the abuse that I went through in my life. Uh, Why was I angry all the time? Why couldn't I be successful? I mean, I could get to a certain level, and I was angry. I was angry at other people all the time. Why do they get that and I don't get that? Why is that happening for them and not happening for me? And then I'm continuing to drink and, and so forth. And, um, and so this was an opportunity for me to put my foot down um, and just go, okay, I'm going to do something different. I need to find me. So it was by the grace of God that this advertisement came up on my internet thing for this School of Nutrition in, uh, in New York. Uh, Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Probably one of the largest in the, in the world. Um, and basically they teach you how to be a health, they call it a health coach. Um, and I decided to go this path. I knew I wasn't in a healthy space. So let's figure out how to get healthy. So that's what I did. I immersed myself in an online course seminars online seminars and learning about nutrition and it branched off into lifestyle spirituality Um, i even studied for a short period of time about natural childbirth I had considered becoming a doula the impact of bad decisions and bad behavior bad health bad nutrition on conception uh, aromatherapy, essential oils. I mean, I immerse myself into all of that.
0: And were you drinking during that time? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Still. Yes. To the um, level, think that, like that much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and, I mean, I I got to the point where where we went to eat and when we went to eat was based on could I get a drink. Still not admitting that I possibly was an alcoholic um, and uh, so as so I went to school for two years and I picked a path that was as difficult as artist management and that is to work with musicians to teach them how to be healthy while they're touring and um, and then I and at the same time in my brain I'm going well kind of shame on you how do you tell somebody to be healthy <clears throat> and you're drinking as much as you're drinking. And um, then we had the good fortune to purchase this farm in North Tennessee. And I get I spent a lot of time there. Um, I joke a lot that Leslie would spend more time if they built a Nordstrom's that was close by. Um, but uh, so Part of the four main food group, main things uh, that I study is career, relationship, spirituality, physical activity. Now, if those four things are not in a good space and good level, then you can eat as healthy as you want. And it's not going to do you any good because career is a very stressful thing. You have to get yourself out of the stress mode. Relationships can be horrible spirituality what does that mean for me i've never been spiritual there wasn't a bible in my house growing up we went to church because it was a society thing to do
0: did you ever contemplate the nature of god or the universe or was it just
1: not? i like... don't th- No, no but i but i'd always felt like that there was a higher power of some sort mm-hmm. um and and i say that because my life was saved somehow several times uh, at age thirteen, I accidentally set myself on fire with gasoline and nearly burned to death. Um, and the way that I stopped that from happening was, you know what I know now was uh, by the the total grace of God.
0: How did you not burn up? What well, did you do?
1: My pants were on fire, and I tried to roll it out well i I was stupid. I made a Molotov cocktail, not not even knowing what that thing was. I think at the time, when I was 13 years old, let's figure back, is that in the...
0: I mean, I get it. I lit my room on fire twice by accident when I was a teenager, because I was experimenting with like chemical, you know, I was playing scientist yeah. and...
1: Well, I... So I <laughs> set this bottle of gasoline down with a rag in it next oh. to this barn, instead of throwing the thing, right? All right. And then I set it on fire and ran around the barn... And then I saw it on fire and I'm going, oh no, I've, done, I've this is horrible. I've done something really bad. You know, Satan plays a, a game with you. It's okay to do this. Do it. Do it. And then once you do it, it's, you're bad. Look what you've done now. Uh, so I threw sticks at this bottle and knocked it over. I ran around thinking I was going to stomp this thing out, not being smart enough to realize The gasoline just doesn't function that way. No,
0: it's a vapor. Right. So I was wearing wearing corduroy Uh, uh. pants,
1: and my pants caught on fire. And I ran and jumped over a barbed wire fence, and then it dawned on me: you need to roll it out. I couldn't roll; it wouldn't roll out.
0: Oh
1: man! And so I just I stood there burning, and unbuckled my pants and pulled my pants down and snuffed out the fire. Uh, by that time, I was burned from the ankles to the knees on both legs, third-degree burns, and uh, and had to crawl back into the house. Um, I got hit on my bicycle as a kid and nearly killed there. Um, and then, of course, the the, the two times that I uh, threatened to kill somebody, I could have been in prison for that. So,
0: when you were injured like that, did your parents show mercy?
1: My the. Probably the best thing my stepfather did, being a doctor, because this was right outside of his office on somebody else's property. Uh, the fire department came and wanted to know if he had treated anybody for burns. And he did lie to them and say that he had not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the only that was the only thing I ever saw that he did. And I don't think it was out of love, but I don't think he wanted me to get in trouble. Um, so... So so as I'm as I'm going through this trying to figure me out I was denying that there was Jesus and God. My favorite thing to say was that Jesus was an amazing man and that he had a great PR firm and that the Bible was a great history book and that was kind of where I left it and so... It's
0: interesting because history uh, brings to mind the idea that it's true. So some part of you resonated with the Bible being truthful.
1: Right. Um, But this guy that healed all these people and now he is, uh, you know, he's the most written about person in our entire universe and lifetime. um, So what I started doing was going, okay, I don't believe in that. So I'm going to start, I want to investigate Buddhism. So you're working
0: uh, on the, the, these different aspects of the pro, of that program. Yes. But you kind of jump over, okay.
1: So right. so out of the four, as I mentioned earlier, the four uh, careers, uh, uh, spirituality. relationships, spirituality, and, and uh, physical activity... I had physical activity down because I, I'm a very active person. I ride my bike, I hike, I, you know, whatever. Career-wise, I was, eh, I'd give it a 50%. Relationship-wise, i give it a 95%. Um, and the 5% that's lacking out of the 100 is my fault. Um, the spirituality side, I was a zero. So I started there. And so I started studying... All of these different things other than the Bible. Once we got to the farm and I got to spend some time there and then through a relationship with Leslie's sister's husband, Don, who is a very Christian man, never pushed all this on on me or Leslie. Um, I was nervous to be around them. But... So I, I, I just made the decision, you know, if I'm going to be fair about this, I need to give the Bible a, a shot. OK. And so I asked Don, I said, Don, so what do I need to do here? He said, you just need to pray and uh, you need to just talk with God while you're out at this farm. So that's what I started doing. OK, what am I supposed to do, God? Here, here I am. Um, and and this, you know, to some people, it's silly. They think it's silly when you have a conversation with God or whatever. But when you're out in nature, which is all created by God, um, it's it's easy to do. It's easy to talk. And I and and I would, I called Don up and I said, okay, look, this has been. A month now I've been out here I've sat outside it's dark there's no lights there's stars and and I'm talking to what is supposed to happen how do I know when the, when this is is real okay um, am I supposed to like f- do cartwheels down the aisle of the church am I supposed to fall on the floor and have a spasm of some sort what you hear all of these things that people have about it and he said and I said, so what's supposed to happen? And he said, just be patient and pray. Okay, I'll continue. So um, I made the decision. So Don gave me a Bible and a pistol for Christmas. Interesting.
0: He said, combo. <laughs> every good, he
1: said well, he said, every good Southern boy needs a Bible and a gun. <clears throat> so when we got back uh, to, uh, to uh, Nashville, um, I put the Bible directly into a storage box and went to the shooting range. So the Bible stayed in the box for quite a while.
0: That's just funny. <laughs>
1: it was, so it was, I, I would say it was probably a year and more conversation with Don. And I just said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Bible. And I didn't get the Bible. I took the Bible out and put it on a shelf. But I have an app on my phone. So I made a commitment to read the Bible. Boy, how hard is that to read and understand, especially the Old Testament. I was going, but I've committed. I made a commitment.
0: Yeah, the Old Testament can be very dry. Numbers, you want to just, boy, oh boy.
1: It's, it's a uh, very dry read. <laughs> so so I did it in a little over a year, read the whole Bible. And still, so this was by February of the uh, uh, this, a year ago, whatever. Um,
0: How are you feeling as you're reading it? And because... I
1: I, I didn't... You know, I, I'm still drinking at the time. Yes. And, and so... Uh, and still trying to be this health coach kind of guy. And um, so I, I wasn't feeling anything spectacular or special. Um, I did... This, this may sound odd. I did do something I've never done and I decided to rebuild a shed at the farm. Now I don't know anything about all that. But I said, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot. And now what I and I rebuilt this thing and I ask when I got to a place where I didn't know how to do something, I asked God for help. That's strange as this sounds, as I'm in my pathway. So I I completed this thing and I'm very proud of it. And I tell people that I built this thing with the help of the world's greatest carpenter. And, um, and I truly mean that because I did. So I keep asking Don questions. He's my John the Baptist. My brother-in-law is. He knows, if, if, you, if you ask him something about the Bible, he knows exactly the verse, where it is. It, he's been a real big guide. So on August 10th of last year, I do a lot of cooking. Uh, I've done private chef work, etc. Love to cook in my home. So we had a couple, uh, an artist and his wife, coming over for dinner. And my favorite thing to do is get started cooking, put the menu together. I, I, I am in the house barefoot, um, drinking wine, of course. One o'clock in the afternoon, I'm cooking and I'm started drinking some wine. And for some weird reason, I decided... I needed to listen to some contemporary Christian music. Now, Amy Grant is the only contemporary Christian artist that I know anything about. She's a
0: good one.
1: So, <laughs> I I go to my iPod. Now, I usually listen to Sammy Davis Jr. or Frank Sinatra when I'm cooking. But I, I called up a compilation. I got no idea who any of these artists are. Now, so, how,
0: how long ago was this?
1: August 10th, a year ago. Okay. Um. And so I put this on, and a few songs go by, and this song came on. And it hit me in a a way that I've never been hit before. I started crying. I could not stop. Hmm. I fell to the floor. I got knocked to the floor. Hmm. And it was just, I, I mean, I've never been overwhelmed like that in my entire life. And um,
0: and what was the song? The
1: song was by 10th Avenue North, and the song is called "Control." God, you don't need me, but oh, how you want me. And I just and the the lyrics of this song, it is I, I kind of get I got chills all over now just thinking about it. But it is it was me. It was my life. It was what I had done, and the things that I had done. Um, yet he was there every step of the way i didn't have a father i didn't have an earthly father uh an example to guide me through life but i but i know now that i had a heavenly father that was there and is my father and guided me and helped protect me and led us to this farm And so there there is his will is something greater than I even can conceive right now. And I'm very patient about where all this is going. By the way, the farm uh, (laughs) is when we purchase this, the the uh, numerical address of this farm, uh, which is one, four, five, five, are the four digits of my cell phone number, the last four digits of my cell phone number which I had had three years before that. And that's not why we bought the farm, but God brought us to that farm. So, um, we, the couple came over, we had dinner and my wife is very sensitive and intuitive. And she said, she said, are you okay? There's something is not, something's different about you. And I told her what happened. And she was just, she started crying. Um, and so, so that set, set me on a path, uh, really to dig deeper into the Bible. I knew, I knew at that point that, that God was asking me to give it up. And so Don and Sharon came up from Fairhope and, uh, when we had the eclipse when was that, September 1st or something? It
0: was somewhere in August, I thought. I don't remember exactly. Right, somewhere the in the end. There. Yeah, so, yeah. so,
1: so um, the Holy Spirit hit me and took me over on August 10th. And whenever the eclipse was, Donna Sharon were up. And we were out at the farm. And um, we've got a hot tub out there. And we were sitting out. And, and still, I'm, I still haven't given up drinking at this point. Um, and Don and I are talking about something. on, the, And I have no idea what triggered this. And I started crying again. I go, what in the world is happening?
0: You're releasing never, all that pain.
1: I, I've never cried so much in my entire life. And I just, I told, I said to Don, I said, Don, I need you to do something for me. And he said, what? I need you to baptize me right now. And he said, why don't you wait till you come to Fairhope and let Brother Fred baptize you? This is a. Older minister down there that I've become friends with, and I said no, it has to be now, and so he baptized me in my hot tub, you know, got Sharon and, and uh, Leslie to come out, and it was, it was it was glorious, and my path there has been amazing since then. Um, the health aspect of it, um, in in my reading of the Bible, I finally came to the realization that my body is uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I quit drinking on my birthday in March of this year. Yeah, so it was March. I quit drinking. Two weeks later, we took our first trip to Napa Valley. That was... Good timing. uh, (laughs) That was good timing. Um, But I haven't missed it. And I realized that I once again was saved because who knows how this would would go. Um, So what what my goal now is is to is to use what i have learned from a health standpoint the farm is the farm is going to it it plays a part here and i the only thing i know about the farm right now is the land is beautiful uh, i'm learning things there and we bought another 10 acres that was adjacent to this property and i was out bush hogging several months ago and i was told i need to build a chapel on this property now why that's just not something i dreamed up so i was told that that needs to happen so we're gonna get underway in spring to build a small chapel um on the property out there um so that's basically the story i didn't get into any of the gory details of some of the earlier things but yeah that you know
0: Setting yourself on fire is pretty gory. I mean it's yeah. on the gore level. It's pretty, it's pretty up there.
1: <laughs> um, so I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time forgiving. Um,
0: Are you on that list?
1: Uh, forgiving myself? Yes. Um, and, and there's things that come up every day that you know I know I know that, I know that all has been forgiven because he died on, on the cross for a debt that I could not pay. Um, a a debt he didn't owe and one I could not ever pay Uh, so but there's things that crop up in my mind that I have to ask for forgiveness for Um,
0: memories of your past
1: sure and there are people people that were on my list of uh, this is how bad my anger was I got up every day and there was a list of 12 people on the I knelt at the altar of I hope you die today Mm -hmm. list Mm mm-hmm and I have, you know, gone through and forgiven them because.
0: Which one was the hardest to forgive?
1: <sighs> Probably me. <laughs> but but of the other ones, um, most most of the people that I had a, a bad taste in my mouth for or really hated did things to my wife in her for her career and were pretty brutal in that area, so I took on that anger. She doesn't. She doesn't have that kind of uh, bone in her body. How whatsoever. did you
0: come to the as the little boy that you were, and, and your first few fathers? Did did you come to forgive them, or no?
1: Um, you know, I haven't gotten there. Yeah. Um, not that, Not for any other reason that there was some other th- other forgiveness that was priority. Sure uh, over all of that
0: Well everything um, is in its time right I'm it's interesting because when you said that about your your birth father and that he was there um, to help liberate people in Auschwitz and I, I think about what that must have done to the human psyche. It's no excuse it's not right. it doesn't forgive anyone then turning and hurting especially a child or anyone right. right? But it is it is that weird thing. It's it's that idea that you know people carry their pain, and part of forgiveness, I suppose, is finding that as you carry your own pain, you can see yourself in their pain. Right. It's hard.
1: Well, it's I've come to realize that it is uh, a continuous path. It 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 is a continuous work, um, and if, if I can. In, in my working with young musicians or just young people, is not only on the health aspect of things, but understanding that um, having Christ in your life is so very important. Um, and and it's not and it goes. It's more than than just having Christ in your life and saying, "Okay, I'm a Christian." We we fight every single day against Satan. And and people don't add that into the equation because there's a lot of churches that don't talk about hell anymore. They don't talk about Satan anymore. But that that is an entity that we we struggle with every single day. And he knows what our fleshy uh, uh, tendencies are, and he likes to tweak those uh, on occasion. Um, but but I think that that. Um, this business opens a door for a lot of covetness. you know people coveting someone else's career why can't and i used to do this here i am a manager why does this manager why is their band getting a record deal and mine isn't why are they getting this and i am not you know i'm coveting what somebody else has and that's not that's not right to do so a lot of these young artists go well why is i want to be like taylor swift why can't i get there or it's a catty thing. Why does this person have that? And and that is, um, that is not a not a healthy space to be in, um, uh, because uh, when, when you when you uh, gain everything but lose your soul, then then you've lost. And and you can get anything you want. Satan will give you. You you just ask for it. Uh, he's he's the god of this earth and of the air he'll give it to you but you have a price to pay down the road so helping helping others to learn two words trust god that's all all that needs to be and i've put my life into his hands and i've never been better for it There's going to be a lot a lot of struggles that come uh, from here on out because this is not easy
0: no. Being a human being is very difficult. Have you ever read The Screwtape Letters? No. It's phenomenal. I think you'd really and like it. who's the author? C.S. Lewis. Okay.
1: I have not, but he's quoted quite I'm a sure.
0: lot. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he would be, yeah. It's uh, it's one of my favorite books. Okay. I think
1: you'd I'm going to order it when I get home. It's really and good. And, uh, and read it. So I'm excited about the path I'm on. I want to share it with other people. Um,
0: so when did you start digging away at the health stuff then? Because when you were on the panel and you talked a little bit about this stuff, but you, you launched more into the, the well-being of maintaining the temple, if you will.
1: Uh, well, I'm still on that path mm. of, of um, helping people to, to realize that um, I, I, get, I get so many people that I consult with that, that want, they want to take a, a pill that fixes them immediately. And they don't realize that they are, their whole body didn't get where it is, you know, whether it's candida or it's, it's a, a gut inflammation, which is usually where things start. The gut that, is everything. It doesn't fix, well, 80% of your immune system lies in your gut. Um, it, you can't just fix it. Like that, it takes six months, a year, some t- some cases two years to to get your body back on track and cutting out all sorts of other things. So I'm as passionate now about that even more, uh, with adding to that, um, the you know, uh, following Christ. So it, it all comes it all comes together and um, treating your body as a, as a a holy place, really. Um, so my my big things and I think I talked about this in the panel magnesium uh, is is a very important element that our bodies need um, collagen from bone broth uh, uh, getting your gut back into shape iodine so th- those are things and you can't get these things from a, from a, a daily supplement you've, you've got to take specific things to, to get healthy and it's hard being on the road uh because, you know, when I was in management, my favorite thing to do was go out touring with the bands and driving the van and, and uh, anticipating needs and setting up equipment and that sort of thing. But, man, oh, man, what a horrible lifestyle that is in uh, eating, drinking, no sleep, no water, and doing it day in and day out and not realizing how bad it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, for your help. So, help. What
0: does magnesium do? <coughs> what is that well, good for?
1: Magnesium is responsible for over 330 cellular activities in your body. Wow. Uh, It is responsible for determining how your body utilizes calcium. Um, If you don't have enough magnesium, that's where arthritis comes from. It is responsible for the electric impulse that causes your heart to beat. Mm. So, So when you have a heart attack, they inject you with... Uh, magnesium and sodium bicarbonate, which is basically baking soda. Um, That gets your heart started back again. Um, uh, Bleeding, uh, when you go into surgery, a lot of times they give you an IV of of magnesium. Pain, muscle aches, um, uh, how the mitochondria works in each little cell. So magnesium, we are so deficient in magnesium because we get magnesium from plants. Magnesium helps plants create um, uh, chlorophyll. But in, our dirt is terrible. It is. Uh, through the um, the well wishes of Monsanto and Bayer, our soil is depleted of all elements. And then there's another uh, element that, that I've added into the mix and have for quite a while. It's called soleil. Um, and it's, it, it is... Um, it is water that is supersaturated with Himalayan pink sea salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, there's 87 different um, elements in pink sea salt that our body needs uh, in replenishing, uh, rejuvenation of, of organs and so forth. Um, it is also uh, has a lot of magnesium in it. Um, it helps with sleep. Magnesium helps with sleep, uh, anger management. Uh, putting it on your chest and your heart. So we don't take a tablet. We do what's called transdermal magnesium therapy, which is a special magnesium spray that you put on. So our, our, our skin is uh, the most uh, abundant filtering system that we have. So whatever you put on your skin, it <clears throat> goes to your liver. So your liver has to deal with anything that's, that's here. So if you put magnesium on your skin, then you're, putting it directly into your body, and it doesn't have to go through any kind of uh, digestive filtration and that sort of thing. So magnesium is pretty, spe- pretty spectacular. Also, um, um, people that uh, have a hard time uh, conceiving uh, are very, very low in magnesium. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's phenomenal.
0: Interesting. And you had mentioned Thrive, and I looked it up, Thrive Markets. And uh, man, that's just chock full of stuff on that website.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. Did I tell you about Thrive? Or I think there was. A, there's a uh, one of the other things we've done is cut out using any kind of product, body products, shampoos, soaps at all that have any kind of chemicals in, in them. So uh, the soaps we use are uh, goat milk soap and that sort of thing. Um, but there is an app that you can get. Um, I Can't remember the name of it now. That you can scan the barcode and it'll tell you uh, the ingredients of this and what's bad and what's good.
0: That'll horrify most people. It will,
1: because most. I'm of,
0: celiac, so I'm a I'm a label reader, and it's created quite the interesting knowledge base. Right. You, so.
1: And so, how long have you? When did you get diagnosed with celiac? Because I
0: 15 years ago now. Okay,
1: because because you know that does correct itself. Oh, really? So, celiacs. It hasn't yet. <laughs>
0: well, so, Although
1: well, you, may, you may be intolerant to some things, you know, that...
0: My grandma also, was celiac. she also had Crohn's disease.
1: Right. So, so all that's a gutural thing. Is,
0: it's all autoimmune.
1: Right. Yeah. So, bone broth will help, help a lot with yeah,
0: that. Yeah. There's a... Vui's in Berry Hill here in Nashville has a bone broth. Oh, I,
1: they do? hmm I'll have to go check that yeah, out. Yeah.
0: I was thinking about that after you spoke, and I thought, oh, I should...
1: Yeah, I use a up. I use a brand called Kettlefire and the way that they make it is very. That was
0: on that website too. Yeah, kettlefire Yeah, so, you couldn't remember the name of it when we were there at the yeah, time. Yeah, I don't
1: know why. Well,
0: it's okay. I mean, you know, we have short-term plenty. memory. You know, it's okay. I can t-
1: I can tell you almost the title of almost any uh, 60s song. Oh, ah. uh, <laughs> so, so so all of this comes together in the path that I've been on, and it and and I'm sure that. That there are going to be a lot of people that listen to this that have gone through some of the same things sure. that I've gone. But there is hope at the end of the tunnel if if you just if you'll believe and get on get on that path.
0: Yeah, it's a, I do believe that one has to have all these different aspects, whether or not you choose a particular religion or maybe it's just a love or whatever that is. Everybody's doing their own dance, but I do know that like I had an ex boyfriend who. Um, he was super, super healthy, is super healthy, exercises all the time, all this stuff, but he had this anger that was bubbling under him at all times because he didn't have these other things that kept him balanced. It doesn't matter how much you exercise, if you're off balance in these other realms, it's gonna affect you. Right. You know? So that was an interesting thing that you mentioned. Right. I think that that it really does all...
1: It all comes it into all comes Feeds into, into
0: itself. There was a product of the magnesium you talked about on the panel. There was a company that you said you liked. uh,
1: It was called Well Ease E A S E, um, and it's uh, a manufacturer. The guy that wrote the the book, and uh, and again here my brain is like dead, but the book is called Transdermal Magnesium Therapy, and you can you can just look that up online and and pop up. Hey, human
0: podcast.
1: Uh, But they but they make a product called Ease E A S E. Um, So if you go to the store and ask for magnesium oil, magnesium is not actually an oil. So it is, I don't know why they call it that, but it has that filmy thing. If you go to the ocean, go get in the ocean, and you get out and you don't rinse off that sticky stuff that's on you, that's magnesium and salt. Um, And uh, so uh, I have a couple of different sprays um ancient minerals is the company that we get the bath salts from some of the sprays that we use and they also manufacture a magnesium gel which uh, uh, my massage therapist uses that instead of any kind of oils Hmm. uh and this just gets right into your body especially after a long bike ride it it uh, will help yeah
0: because i i had a um conversation with a friend in la who he has a line of intimate wear, and it's all it's all made in Germany. It's It's got this very specific, there's not all the chemicals that the American fabrics have. And we talked about how, you know, when you're wearing these fabrics that have toxins in them, and you go work out, and you sweat, and your skin is your largest organ, mm-hmm. and it opens up, you're just saying, okay, let me just take all that stuff in. And so your filtration system is working extra hard to get... Rid of all that stuff. Then we
1: wonder why we have gallstones and kidney stones and, yeah, you know, and all of those kind of things if we just aren't doing the right things for our bodies.
0: Yeah, there's a place here in Nashville called the Harmonized Brain Center, and they do a Himalayan bath salts with ion, negative ion uh-huh. thing. You stick your feet in there, they put on the negative ion, they put the, the Himalayan pink salt it's disgusting. It is. I can't believe what comes out. It is insane how dark and murky and, like, orange and dark green and just horrifying. It is. I'm like, how did that come out of me?
1: So, yeah, so there's a place that we go, the Serenity Salt Caves. Yeah, okay. Uh, where they have this huge room where they just have these big blocks of Himalayan pink sea salt, and they... And and Did you just go is, lick on them? <laughs> no, it actually the actually the air system that they have pulls the salt in. So what they what they found was that the people that are mining and getting the salt out of the salt caves in in the Himalayas have absolutely zero pulmonary issues and no cancer. So it's a breathing thing that you can do with pink sea salt as well.
0: And where is this?
1: It's uh, in. Hmm. Uh, uh nolan's fit no
0: and what's it called
1: it's called serenity salt cave
0: oh man check that out for sure it's
1: it's pretty amazing you go in and sit in these chairs and they pipe pipes music music turn all the lights off and you're breathing in this salt air
0: Wow, it's just
1: like being at the beach if you go down to the ocean imagine how fantastic so you feel right yeah the best so you can do earthing as well if you if you're familiar with that i'm not so take your shoes off and walk on the earth so the earth is loaded with when it gets struck with lightning it is it's it's got ions in it that uh that come into your body through your feet just being on the grass yeah being in the ocean you know yeah it's called earthing they make special earthing sheets that you can sleep on that have silver it's um egyptian virgin cotton With silver threads woven in, and then that is all taken into this wire that you plug into the grounding port on your electrical outlet. And it grounds you, and it does the same thing as your feet being on the earth. Man. It's fabulous. That's so cool.
0: (laughs) Wow. Wow, what a a story. What a a life's adventure you're on. It's neat that you're then turning around and helping...
1: I want to try to be helpful to other people. I mean, that would be my path. And, uh, and I, I think I've always had a big enough heart to, to love other people and that sort of thing. I don't think I love myself very much. And maybe that was my uh, kind of some escapism. But I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting better at liking myself That's a little good. bit more. You're pretty As days go.
0: <laughs> I have good My takes. dog likes me. Yes. dogs are. Your dog is beautiful, by the way. I'm so glad you brought him. Um, Dogs are a good judge of character. They are, and he's sweet. And I think dogs take after their people.
1: Oh, well, thank you for that compliment.
0: It's true, though. I really think that that's that's the case. Well, thank
1: you so much for having me as a part of this. I hope that uh,
0: it was my what pleasure. we talked
1: about is helpful to somebody, and I'm Absolutely. I am open to. Chatting with anyone?
0: Yeah, let um, people know path. how to find you. That's a good segue.
1: Uh, let's see here. What would be the best the best way? You could just, I mean, uh, real easy. Lanny West, L A N N Y W E S T at me.com. That's my email address.
0: And do you have a website for your? I do.
1: Yeah. If you go to tipping, pt. Dot coach. We have an Instagram for the farm. Oh, the farm is is uh, humble hollow farm.
0: Humble hollow farm,
1: which is uh, which I stole from uh, Lori McKenna's song, humble and kind. hmm And um, so we we have uh, we have beehives. We have do honey. So I post stuff there. I try to post uplifting things that are on the farm site, uh, and the same thing on my uh, Instagrams deal but that's really what's
0: your instagram i don't even know you don't even know i'll do links i'll put them on i did i ditched facebook i don't
1: do facebook anymore it got to be such a dark dark place to be and i started and i started disliking people that i considered friends and so they're entitled to their opinion for sure but i don't have to i don't have to sink into it right and so you can no take, more Facebook.
0: Take your ball and go home.
1: And <laughs> Which a I've done many to times. Say,
0: Thank you so much well, for being
1: on the show. I, it is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Please rate Interview Hey Human on iTunes and anywhere you might listen to podcasts. Thanks, everybody.